Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? Come on in, come on in. I'm going to wait till this fill up, but we have a special guest on here today. I am Judah Bernard with the Rise Radio Voice Podcast. I am the Wisdom Dialogue and I'm the Motivational Warrior of the Rise Radio Voice Podcast. And I welcome you today to our April Awareness um, 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 segment. In the April awareness um, segment, we want to talk about child abuse prevention and what do we need to do. But I definitely want to int, um, educate you guys that we have a master level social worker, Mr. Devarius Lockett. And if you want to introduce himself, he can go ahead and introduce himself, tell you a little bit what he does. We don't need to know where he's from and things like that, but just need to know where he's from and things like that. And what he's here to share with us about child abuse prevention. And I have a couple of statistics after he introduced himself. Go ahead, Mr. Lockett. I am Devaris Lockett. I am a permanent planet foster care social worker in North Carolina. And I am a master's level social worker currently. So we want people to understand exactly what is child abuse. I know a lot of people have misconception of what child abuse is or what child abuse may be, but I want to make sure that I read what child abuse is. What is child abuse and neglect? Child abuse and neglect are, is a serious public health problem in adverse childhood experiences that can have long-term impact on health, opportunity, and well-being. These issues include all abuse, all the types of abuse and neglect against a child under the age of 18 by a parent, caregiver, or another person in a custodial role, such as a religious leader, a coach, a teacher that results in harm, potential harm, or a threat of harm to a child. What we want to realize that these things are, and I'm not sure if this is still live. Are we still going? Because it paused on my end. Okay, it paused on my end, but I'll keep going. Um, these things that are, um, um, are, are true and dear to my heart because there are so many things that we see that people are abusing and using their uh, power and abuse to manipulate these children. And there are four common types of child abuse and neglect. And I will repeat this again later once more people come. Physical abuse is the intentional use of physical force that can result in physical harm. Examples include hitting, kicking, shaking, burning, or other shows of force against a child. And once again, I'm gonna tell you, a child is anyone under 18. Sexual abuse involves pressuring or forcing a child to engage in a sexual act. It includes behaviors such as fondling, penetration, and exposing a child to other sexual activities. 
We don't need to get any further on that. We know about that. Emotional abuse refers to behaviors that harms a child's self-worth or emotional well-being. Examples include, and I want everyone to hear this, name calling, shaming, rejection, withholding love, and threatening. And the last but not least, the last one is neglect. Neglect is the failure to meet a child's basic physical and emotional needs. These needs include housing, food, clothing, education, and access to medical care. Now that we know what child abuse and neglect is, uh, we're gonna go and try to have some conversation with um, our master level social worker, Mr. Lockett, and I call him Dr. Coffee. Um, but <laughs> we want to get his perspective from a social work point of view too as well about what child abuse means to him, being that he probably um, been involved in some um, child abuse and neglect cases and things like that too as well. Go ahead, Mr. Lockett. To me, with regarding child abuse, it is, a ch as a social worker, most child do not want most children do not want to publicize their abuse. It's mainly swept under the rug or um, not given that much publicity too. But kids with, you know, who engage it, who has been abused, it is a hurtful thing. And especially for ones that's like our infants who cannot speak for themselves and have been hospitalized due to child abuse and, or neglect. And it's, it's a sad thing and to see that parents who have children and abuse them, which is, to me, is awful. And I do not know why, we probably would never know why parents abuse their children. Some say it's um, passed down from generation to generation. But sometimes the generation curse needs to stop and we need to know how to make that stop. But in that generational curse, because I understand that this, this is gonna be a touchy feeling subject being that I know personally, I was a victim of child abuse. Um, so we must understand how it can impact one's emotional well-being, um, self-worth, and also cause more harm to them than people kind of realize um, because we, we still have to understand that there's a difference. A child not knowing exactly what's going on, but an adult is well aware, well, should be well aware of what's going on. But then again, why is this happening? Um, how big is this problem? The problem is, and I'm reading from um, Preventing Child Abuse by CDC. Sorry, I should have gave you that research, um, that information. Child abuse, child abuse and neglect are common. At least one in seven children have experienced child abuse or neglect in the past year, and this is likely an underestimate in 2019. One in seven children. And then think about those who have not um, 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 been exposed or have not been reported. Um, children living in poverty experience more abuse and neglect. And child maltreatment is costly. Do you understand how much um, the United States of America pay for child abuse, the estimate cost of child abuse and neglect? So one thing I'm going to say is personally is let's start saving the United States some money because it's about $428 billion that's spent on child abuse and neglect. 
So that's about the administrative charges. That's about everything that encompassed child abuse and neglect uh, with the, um, the, the agencies and everything else too as well, which is encompasses what child abuse is about. Because we have to look at it when a child abuse happens, Things are reported from the report goes here from the from the investigation and all of the the other necessary documentation to better substantiate the case or keep it moving. Then what if that child has to be removed from the home? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mister <laughs> Mister Lockett. Tell them about that because I think. But that's we, true. But that's true too. Do they have to have a uh, in their local towns where in their towns they have to have a forensic interview to do. Right to talk about what type of abuse has occurred from a forensic interviewer. They go through a various questions um, and it can be very um, intimidating, especially for a child that is able to speak, but those questions that's being asked, they have to relive that part of them again to tell what actually happened because then it becomes a criminal act as well. And so, um, Sometimes I think those interviews you might we we may re-victimize our children, but that is something that has to be done within the child arena. So it's you know it's it's a lot for a child who's verbal that has to give that feedback and ask those difficult questions, which the parents may not know what happened, mm -hmm. but they have to be recorded and tell what has taken place in the in their home or in a community in the church or wherever uh, the abuse has taken place. And we're definitely open up for questions. Um, we won't start questions right now, but I want you guys to start gathering your questions as we are talking about this. And I know uh, Mr. Lockett talked about some of the consequences. Um, we have to understand that children who are abused or neglected may suffer immediate physical injuries, such as cuts, bruises, or broken bones, as well as emotional and psychological problems too, such as impaired social emotional skills or anxiety. Understanding social abuse and neglect can also have a tremendous impact on lifelong health, opportunity and well-being if left untreated. Understand that people are who are, for example, who has bad exposure to violence in childhood increases the risk of injury, future violence victimization, and perpetration, substance abuse, sexually transmitted infections, delayed brain development, um, lower educational attainment, and limited employment opportunities. Chronic abuse may result in toxic stress, which can change brain development and increase the risk for problems like post-traumatic stress disorder and learning, attention, and memory difficulty. So I say together, together we need to stop child abuse. I don't want to prevent it. Let's stop it. So what are some ways that we can actually look into preventing, but I would like to decrease those numbers because I'm going to bring up the numbers a little bit later, but um, maybe you can probably um, elaborate on some of the um, traumatic effects you see with children that have been abused. The effects I have seen that children have been abused, that's um, comes with PTSD. Mm. Um, you have, you can, you could say attention seeking mm. as um, they have not received that type of attention they have needed or longed for um, from their parents, but they was getting it from this other person. And uh, 
a lot of sexualized behavior and that mm. can be child on child penetration due to if it's been sexual abuse mm -hmm. or with children with child abuse they're lashing out at anyone that comes in their personal space as they don't know how to detach that someone is actually there want to care for them but they right. you know they ready to react instead of uh you know try to be calm or try to to get to know the person so it's a lot of, and then anxiety then it comes depression right. and depression looks totally different in the child and in, in the adult because with a child depression you never know um what they are thinking then that becomes suicide due to they felt they didn't have no outlets or no avenues, no one to speak to, or the therapist may not be meeting their needs and they thought about they have committed suicide or have no suicide ideations or become a cutter as to release some of that stress that they have endured um, with the abuse. And that's def definitely what's going on in a lot of situations because I think for me, we don't have enough conversation about this information. And what I'm doing right now is just dropping information in the links because this is information that needs to be talked about. And I don't think child abuse is talked about too fervently in our Black communities either. And um, so in, in that, I'm saying that it's a taboo. Um, because I'm like, um, reading some of that stuff, I'm looking like, oh, <laughs> what is child abuse and neglect? And then we know the parameters of going too far or, or going beyond the broken veil of child abuse too as well. So I did drop some um, information in, um, but I wanted definitely to read back on CDC's thing is, how can we prevent this? And do you know some of the ways of prevention, uh, Mr. Lockett? The ways, some ways to of uh, child abuse prevention is to tell someone, mm -hmm. be vocal, do not be afraid of the consequences because you, if you feel that if you are being abused, you have to be vocal and tell because if you be silent, if you are silent, then it will continue and it can eventually get worse. And in it getting worse, the, the, the biggest problem that I have is in it getting worse and it goes unreported, the problem that I have is it's leading to death. That's true. Um, um, so I know I, I posted and if, if children are watching it, and I, I want to be very candid, um, it's just some things people should not be doing as parents. And I can't say that out front, but I'm saying it out loud. That um, if it's extreme and beyond the, the thing where you're having bruises and broken arms and things like that, that's reportable. Um, and I know some people say, oh, well, they needed a broken arm. Well, really? Okay. So <laughs> um, I think the conversation for me is to have, continue to have this because this is important as um, not only an African-American community, but as 
a unit as, as, as the whole world. Humankind, we need to be more um, aggressive in decreasing um, child abuse. Always to, uh, like anything else, stopping it. Because I think the, the most important part about stopping this is, if you know you have a um, situation, an emotional issue, or you are not able to um, take care of children, uh, just don't have them. Then if you don't have a child, you can't child abuse. Whoop, look at that. We solved the problem. <laughs> well, that, that is true. That is true. <laughs> but some, some folks do not understand that concept. They It just, they want children and they continue to have them. Then they get into that, you know, I have too many. I can't, or now they're a single parent, the, the person they once with, they're not, you know, they're no longer together no more. So now you mad at your partner, so you're taking it out on the child. Right. So it's just, it just a, you know, a domino effect. And, and that's the thing is, well, I, I want us as parents to, uh, or adults or um, um, parental figures, custodial figures, um, guardian items, um, guardians, um, what, what are, what are, they have so many names now. <laughs> um, whatever you are, if you are um, protective over a child that's under the age of 18, um, we want you to, we want you to know how this can be prevented. Um, child abuse and neglect is preventable. It's preventable. Um, there are a number of factors that may increase or decrease the risk for perpetrating and or experience child abuse and neglect. And I, oh, and another way I say it can be prevented that I, I and I, I don't want people to take this the wrong way. You cannot always, when you're a dating, you cannot always bring, is, is he or she around mm -hmm. your child at the first beginning? You have to learn who this person is and get to know this person and, and definitely not move them in your home. And you do not know this person. But Mr. Lockett, Mr. Lockett, I need her. She She's gonna help me with my finance. So if I need her, why can't I move in? Well, <laughs> well. This what is what you, I heard. What, yeah, what, what were you were doing before you met them, him or her? Look, I'm sitting here, I was struggling until I met her, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I need her. She needs to be here. Somebody needs to take care of my children. And then, then when, when that person move in, you you don't even know their background. Then you, oh, you leaving him, you leaving him or her alone with Uncle Johnny or... Does it matter? My children are safe. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> yeah. Safe as you know. But these are these are real life actions where people have gotten into the mindset of safety for their children is long as somebody is there. That's true. That is true. That is true. That is true. So is that really safety? Is no, that really safety? Um, and, and especially with females when they start maturing and you know and you bring a, a guy around them and it, it, it you just have to be careful or who, who you bring your children around, especially moving them in in your place of your residence. You just have to be careful. Yeah. But I see it all the time. I yeah. mean, it's, 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 
it's a norm that people are, you know, they are doing it what they're used to. They don't, they have seen their parents do it. And so they're going to do it. And so it's just a, a norm for some families. And, and, I, and I salute you on, you know, being a social worker and things, um, because that, that's, a, that's a tough job. Um, and I think um, for me, I know it's underrepresented and underpaid. Um, yeah. for yeah. the amount of work, uh, because I used to be an investigative social worker too as well, for the amount of money and the um, and the risk. And they don't give us any hazardous pay that's true. Now, that's true. <laughs> at all. So we're, we're dealing with them at night, over overnight until the morning and still have to go to work um, at 10 o'clock. <laughs> and you've been with somebody doing an inter, inter, income, intercompact um yeah, it's a lot of things. Yeah, yes, especially when you become their legal guardian, and that take that takes some more responsibility. Yes, you are you are their parent now, so you have to make all the ultimate decisions right. for them, and that that can be very stressful at times, especially especially if you have a sibling group. Yes, that comes into foster care that you have to ensure that all their basic well needs are being met if they can be placed together, because you don't want to break up siblings, but sometimes that do not happen because right. of placement concerns and what placements are not gonna have sibling groups come to their home. Right. So I think what, what I wanna emphasize to people because I want people to understand what you're talking about as being a, a, a parent to them. Um, for those who are were older than some, a certain age, those are what you would call ward of state. <laughs> Um, for other ones, um, they're called in foster care now. Um, but when um, a child enters into the system and they become a ward of the state or now the actual state has custody over them, whoever, whomever the social worker is or, or the, or the um, um, person that is identified over that caseload, they become their parent pretty much. <laughs> And they have to go to court with them. They have to, doctors, it's, it's a lot of things you have to do, especially if they have not been placed in a specific foster home or anything like that, if they haven't been. It's a lot of, it's, it's yeah. So social workers are the ones that are becoming parents of um, the children that are left out, um, that their parents are no longer considered um, um, a safe place to stay. So the social workers are the ones that have what I, I remember my caseload. Oh my gosh, because I was in foster care. Seventy-five to a hundred children, <laughs> and they were all in foster care. And you gotta you gotta make a report in a month. <laughs> I don't think that's happening, <laughs> but. That was just true, true facts, true facts, true facts. Um, one thing is I want to definitely talk about prevention. How can we strengthen the economic supports to families? Um, mm, that's a how can we strengthen the economic supports to family? Because we do understand that a big gulp of it is they just can't afford everybody. That's true. They can't afford everybody. That's true. Which stops, and and I and I stop right there because at a tender age of 18, you are considered grown. So now we need to start self-assessing 
whether we can afford them or not. I know me is, yeah, if you can't afford them, don't have them. <laughs> I hate to say that. But if you can't afford it, why keep doing it? So I, 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 I just never wanted to depend on the government for everything. Um, change social norms to support parents and positive parenting. And I did um, leave this at the um, thing at the bottom so people can read this information. Change social norms to support parents and positive parenting. Um, what we're doing now, having a campaign, having a conversation about child abuse. How many parents are going to actually watch this? How many parents are going to sit down and think about, yeah, I probably just had too many children. How many parents are just going to do a self-assessment and say, wow, I probably was child abusing my child at that particular time, and I didn't know it. I should report myself. But are they going to change? We don't know. But what we can do is have the conversation and hoping that they will change. Provide quality care and education early in life. Um, that's easier said than done because I know there's a system involved. So, you know, when a system is involved, we still have to understand that some people don't take, a, um, take ownership in the system sometimes and people are missed out. It's hence parenting skills to promote healthy child development. Um, you want to say something about that, <laughs> Mr. Lockett? Healthy child development. I mean, <laughs> we're laughing, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, because we know a lot of these things are um, good things to think about. But then again, um, living in the society and of the real world of human services yeah. it's not ideal it's not idealistic <laughs> it's not it's not because my thing is how can you promote a healthy child development when um you know a person is on food stamps or ebt or whatever and they would rather go get a steak before getting a baby's formula yeah and i'm not saying you know to, to, to cut off EBT or anything, but how do you promote it when it's become a behavior, more so of a learned behavior, more than somebody's ability to make healthy choices? So and and I and with that is it's some some of the parents think it as a financial gain. Yeah. And and that's that creates a problem in it in itself. Yeah. When you know you you can get you know of this amount of food stamps, especially, and then the kids come to school, say they still haven't ate. Yeah, they come to school hungry, and then you know the school is wondering what you know what's going on at home, and then yeah. you know, it, it's it's always it's always something. Then, but you have the resources there, but you're not utilizing them. And the last one that says on here, and I'm still reading from the CDC violence prevention um, fact sheet, um, intervene to lessen harms and prevent future risk. Enhance primary care. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, uh, Mr. Lockett. A lot of these kids don't even go to the hospital. <laughs> That's true. Until something happens. That's true. And the only time they probably go is to get them shots for school, if they're That's going true. to school. 
That's true. Then you are you have you have Medicaid that will cover you to go to the doctor, right. get your annual physicals, or but you then you have to look at it sometimes too. If a child has been abused, they don't want to take them to the doctor because right. they want to know where these marks are coming from. Right? Who have who have done this and who have done that? And so that takes away from those questions, and so they will self medicate and. Yeah. At home. Yeah. Treatment to lessen harms of abuse and neglect exposure. Um, and, and I'm, I'm going to bring this up because I think this is a sensitive topic um, because we still have it going on in the Boy Scouts, not to call them out or anything like that. We still have it going on in the Catholic churches. We probably have it going on in a lot of other areas. But these are things that I have made national news. And I'm, and I'm still advocating on what are they doing about it in these particular national agencies where these young children still will not get perpetrated on. So that's a big, 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 big whammy for me because I understand that these things are still going on. That is true. Yeah. And what and what are what are we doing about it? And it's hard. It's hard. Um, not hard, but I think for me, we need to have a more holistic approach um, about how to decrease it, whether it's whoever those perpetrators are, giving them the right um psychological assessment, because <laughs> it's a psychological um, factor of it. Um, and also giving them the, 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 the resources too as well to get them better. So I think what I wanted to go with is um, my whole premise beyond this is hurt people hurt people. Um, we need to st continue to start healing ourselves and that's important. And what, what does healing yourself involve? Judah Bernard cannot tell you that because only you know you're hurt. Only you know you're hurt. Um, you can go to many therapists. You can go to many psychiatrists. You can go to many things and you can ask people to help you, but when are we going to start helping ourselves? And that's an important piece to me. And, and one thing that we need to understand that the accountability and responsibility lies on ourselves. And what does that mean to you about your accountability and responsibility and how you want to be um, um, in the future looked at as being someone um, able to live in this um, as, a, as a productive citizen? Um, treatment to prevent problem behavior and later involvement in violence. One thing is what we still have to understand is that we understand that someone, whether it's another child or an adult, have done some type of abuse to um, the child. Um, it has to be an investigation. Um, it's a lot of them that don't go reported. So for those who don't go reported, we don't know those numbers. But how can we decrease it? How can we stop it? Um, do you have any other ways that you like to decrease or stop it, um, Mr. Lockett? No, because I just want to, you know, I, re I really don't know. It's, 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 you know, it's a hard thing to, to say. Mm -hmm. And if no one is, like I said, being vocal, we won't, we won't even know how it begins. 
and I, and I, and well, because um, if we have a little time, we have to understand, because I, I do want to disclose that um, one reason why this is a true and dear story, I'm not a story, but awareness month, because I was, um, I was, but I'm not now. I was a victim of child abuse um, by my stepmother. Um, I won't call her name, um, but um, very physical, very emotional. Um, and um, it, it was disheartening. It was disheartening. It was also, um, you're left with untoldness or uh, unscripted um, things that were done to you, but you have no answers for. Um, I have learned those answers from speaking with her once I did become of age and let her know how it affected me. Um, am I saying she was wrong? No. What I'm saying is it was a problem. It was an issue. It was something that um, me as a child could not understand. But as an adult, looked at it is, why would you do something like this to me and make it um, visible for other people to see it too as well? Um, I think the biggest problem is the one reason that the person told me that they did it to me was because of their mother or their custodial figure did it to them. Um, that hurt me the most because I didn't see you applying that pressure to your children, your biological children, but you did it to your, your stepchild. So that, that became a, a big heartbreaking for me because basically I didn't understand or know the whole premise of her um, doing that. But why this is very dear to me because basically being a victor of child abuse is we need to have it, we need to have it decrease. Um, and I'm going to continue to say, if you can't afford a child, why have one? If you're too stressed by children, why have them? If you don't want to get a relationship with a person that already have children, you don't have to. We all have choices in life. One thing is those children don't have choices because sometimes parents make the wrong choices for their children. And not saying that every, no one got a book on parenting. No one, no one, nobody. Nobody got a book on parenting. But one thing is, at least try to keep your child safe by any means necessary. Um, I definitely want to um, ask Mr. Lockett if he have anything that he want to say. Well, with that, I never, as a younger child, I never experienced any of that. Grew up in a single parent home where my mother was very loving, caring, and protective. And so when you don't experience those things as a child, you do not know as a child what is what even what is child abuse is or what it looks like. Until I got older and saw and became a social worker, I saw what... Um, other people have went through as a child and then that comes into adulthood 
as they did not um, address those issues as a child. And when they become an adult, it's just like a, might as well say a train wreck because they have not been able to uh, address those feelings. So they have su suppressed those for so long. And then they become, maybe they become abused of themselves because they didn't, you know, they didn't have no other avenues to look at. And so as a person working in child welfare, you know, I see as a previous investigator, I, I have seen the worst. Yeah. And uh, people re really do not understand the job that we do and you mm -hmm. have done. And the turmoil that, you know, sometimes it can have on a social worker because uh, sometimes as a social worker, we don't have an outlet, but we try to find different things, you know, right. to, to be an outlet too, but we have to, we can't take the job home. And that's what I always right. told myself. I cannot take the job home because I work in it. I do not want to come home and live in it. So uh, you have to know when to turn it off if you can, but you have to know when to turn it off. So for our listeners, I want you guys to understand that this is a very, very um, difficult pill to swallow in this conversation because no one wants to see a child abused. But if you know of any child being abused or if you have been a child that has been abused or, or that adult living as a child that has been abused, please seek help, seek counseling. Because the one thing is what we don't want to do is think that this, this cycle keep turning. We want to stop the child abuse. We want to be able to prevent child abuse because the important piece of it is that we need this. We need to cut out the $486 billion that's being spent on child abuse prevention. Not saying that we don't want to pay our social workers, but they still want to have because we have children in foster care. <laughs> but the biggest problem is we, we must understand that this is, a, this is a great cause. Um, this is a great situation to be in to know that you've helped someone before it got beyond the broken veil because it has, it has been a lot of deaths of children of child abuse. Um, for those who are just joining, we are talking about child abuse prevention and trying to stop child abuse in every state and in, in the world. Um, and by stopping that or preventing it, we need to own up to signs and symptoms that we see in children that show that they've been abused or neglect. And if you see something, say something and help assist that child in um, becoming better, um, being a productive person where they don't have to grow up in life trying to figure out why um, people either perpetrated on them, abuse or neglect them too as well. Any closing yeah. words, any thoughts, um, Mr. Lockett? Dr. I, I say, I say as a social worker, you have to have compassion and the um, personality to handle this. And you have to be a good social worker and someone who is willing to do the job. Because a lot of people hold social work degrees mm -hmm. that should not be social workers. It's right. just a degree they have. Well, but I'm not going to say that out loud. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I 
take I take my degree yes. personally, and that's and that's what I have chose to do, as to protect children to the utmost cost that I can, and to advocate for them that can that will not speak for themselves and it cannot. So right. that is my, you know, that is my charge to social workers out there that take your job seriously. Right. Because kids know when their social worker cares about them and they, are, they know when they're advocating for them and they have their best interests at hand. Right. Talk to your, your child or your teenager, know their thoughts, know their interests. You know, ask them, you know, what is going on with you? You know, have that conversation because they would talk to you. They would talk to the social worker more than they would talk to their guardian, parent, or whoever as, you know, as their caretaker. Be that vessel that they need and just do what you can. And can what you do. Um, <laughs> but I definitely want to talk about um, our next season because uh, we have ended season two um, and season three will be problem situations, um, problem situations and issues. Yeah. And the one thing is we've already started receiving emails about people that's having problems, issues and um, situations. So we will be reading those and Given possible solutions, which is will be only my opinion, but some of these solutions probably will work if you listen right. <laughs> um, but if you want to send your problem solution or your issue, you can send them to the tr judah at outlook.com. And I will put this in the email down, down below. So you leave it in the comments. You can send your problems, issues, or situations. We're going to discuss them live. We're not going to say any names or anything. We're going to discuss it because I think one thing is we don't do is talk about our problems, issues, and situations because we don't want nobody to know about. So this is the time in this quarter, season three, we're going to talk about those problems, issues, situations. So start emailing me those problems, issues, and situations. So we can read them, have dialogue, have some professional people on to help with these problems and situations and issues. So we can start doing it. This, um, these segments will run May, June, July, and August. So you have all the way up until um, August to talk about your, I know everybody who don't have problems, issues, and situations. Raise your hand. Shoot. Um, I got to, you know, I'm dealing. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't have them. But I think my problem is me. <laughs> yeah, I just Long I get in my know. own way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then again, we want to talk about other problems and issues and situations where people can get out of situation, especially during this pandemic and being able to realize that these problems and issues could be um, can be resolved. Um, or any situation. So um, email me and you can put problems, issues, and situations in the subject line. And then you don't have to put your name. You can just put um, email them to the T H E T R Judah at outlook.com. And that's the T R Judah 
at outlook.com. And we want you to get this information because they're already coming. I hope I don't have a overflow of emails, but I want people to know that we are, it's, it's, it's sort of like ex Judah kind of episodes. So you're going to ask me what's going on. We're going to read it um, and, and get, get an understanding together. And if you're on the live at that particular time, if you have some comments, I'm not going to call your name out. Maybe you have a solution by the time I read it. <laughs> hey, it's always good to have solutions. When I used to manage people, I always tell them that when you come to me with a problem, at least have three possible solutions. Out of those three possible solutions, one of those got to be somewhere right. But two of them might be right. We just need to connect them together. So if you bring three, guess what? You probably already resolved your problem, either at your desk, your cubicle, or even in your office, wherever you are, before you go out of reach. I think some of us just react too quickly um, and don't want to solve the problem. We look at people solving problems for us. And that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to make sure that I'm giving information and also putting out information for you so we can help you resolve a lot of problems, a lot of issues, and a lot of situations. So stay tuned. Make sure you tune in to The Rise, Creating Your Voice. We give our podcast every Sunday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. If you want to go to where we give out these podcasts, you can go to www.therise.live. And that's www.therise.live. And you can actually see the archives. We have 50 or more um, episodes on there now. Um, this has been doing this since August 2020. And also, if you want to actually get motivational text every Wednesday, you can text the rise to 844-452-4110. That's 844-452-4110. Do you have any departing words you want to leave with our listeners today? I just thank everyone for tuning in and listening to us talk about child abuse and prevention and hope something was said that would make you think differently or help someone in need. And in Andy, we want to understand that we all can prevent child abuse. If you see something, say something. You know what child abuse is. Um, we, we called out the four, the four major um, abuse and neglect of children. Um, and I have the information down at the bottom. Um, this is a need to say, and I do, I want to make one last disclosure. Um, I want to recognize Autism Awareness Month too as well, uh, because this is the month for that too as well. And I definitely want to do an interview with anybody that have autistic child or parent or adult or whatever, because I want to make sure that we get the awareness out there. And it's a part about being aware. And a lot of people don't even want to be aware. They just don't want to know about it. Because, you know, just add more stress to your life. But being aware gives you more knowledge and more, um, more visuality of what happens to a child when they're abused or neglect. So as we say, um, before we leave, tell a friend, tell a foe, tell your spouse. Hey, tell everyone. We'll see you on the next podcast and be looking for my commercial break which is dropping Sunday. So make sure you watch my commercial breaks in between the seasons. Season two ended on Easter, Resurrection Sunday. And um, season three will be picking up on um, the first Sunday in May. So make sure you tune in. 
You can see us on all social all social media platforms and all pretty much all um, podcast platforms too. If you want to look me up, only thing you have to Google is The Rise Creating Your Voice, or you can Google Judah Bernard and all of my information will pop up. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Looking forward to you listening to more podcasts. And always remember, be blessed and let's stop or prevent child abuse. Bye. Good night. Good night.